0: Did you know that according to a 2018 survey, one third of people in the UK have taken an illegal drug in their lifetime? But that's been the case since 1996. 5% of people have done a drug in the last month and 10% in the last year. Whether it's cocaine in a pub, MDMA in a club, or acid in a field, like it or love it, it is a part of British culture. But why do we do them? Recently, a Sanctus HQ member opened up about his experiences with drugs and his own mental health. So we thought it would be good to explore his story and with a Sanctus coach who is new to the world of drugs. Obviously, there are positives to doing it as well as negatives, particularly to your physical health, but we're not experts in that. Today, we're joined by George Bell and Sophie Miller to talk about our relationships and experiences with drugs that have shaped our present attitudes. As a disclaimer, we're pretty honest and candid about our experiences with drugs and our attitudes towards them in this podcast. But to be frank, we're only touching upon recreational drug use. And we acknowledge that there is a certain degree of privilege to just be talking about that end of the spectrum. We do not intend to promote the use of any illegal or harmful behaviours. But if you or anyone you know have a problem with drugs or you're worried about your relationship with them, please go to the show notes to find links to the Sanctus Directory, Talk to Frank or The Samaritans, where you can find more support. Having said that, enjoy the show. So we kind of wanted to talk today about, I guess, the range of experiences um, I guess we've got across the team with drugs, and yeah, how we kind of got to our current attitudes as well. So maybe we can start from the beginning, if that sounds good.
1: When I first did any Class A substances was almost two years ago now, because some really good friends of mine and I went away, and um, one of them is very into psychedelics, and he asked me if I wanted to do acid with him. And that's the kind of thing where like I'm kind of curious about psychedelics like I'm curious about that experience but it's also really scary for me
2: Mm. and
1: there was something about being with somebody who I really trusted who I felt had a lot of experience who I knew had access to what stuff that I think would be trustworthy and the context and the way um, we set it up that made me feel like okay like I'm scared I'm properly scared but I'm really interested in trying this with you and it was really nice. It was three of us, two of us did it, one of us didn't. Um, we just went for a walk all day. And I felt like, oh, I've tapped into like a slightly different aspect of the human experience that I'm interested in. For me, I think what is interesting about drugs in my life right now is not necessarily like the party element. I don't feel like I need to heighten my enjoyment of events. I mean, to be honest, I think part of what I find hard about drugs, what kind of frightens me about it, is the disconnection that you experience like you might feel more connected to yourself same with alcohol right like it might feel really fun but sometimes there's like a lack of like a real connection where it's like I don't know almost like tactile yeah. um not you know figuratively <laughs> um and um yeah what I guess I experienced with that was a feeling of accessing a new kind of connection that was interesting for me
0: I actually think I remember that weekend where you went away I remember <laughs> yeah. you came back <laughs> into work and I was chatting to you I was like oh Soph how was your weekend you were like really good did acid weekend? It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, course Well, also
1: the thing that's kind of wild about um, being—it sounds weird to say my stage of life—but being where I am in my life right now, I don't feel like I have anything I need to hide from anybody. You know, like I work in a place where I am completely as I am, and it feels okay for me to come in and say I did acid on the weekend and not like I need to have a mask and pretend something else. I told my parents, because I'm kind of like, guys, I'm an adult, I don't, you know, Mm. what are you gonna do? This is how I'm living my life. I'd I'd rather be honest with you and be real about it and have a conversation than to feel like I have to hide something.
0: Yeah, that's also kind of my experience, like, um, about Uh, oh it must have been over a year ago now I went on um, a psychedelic retreat so I took like magic mushrooms but in like a very safe facilitated environment um yeah and I was kind of the same I was like I don't feel like there's anything to hide about this as well and yeah like I told my mum about it I wanted her to know that it was safe like sent her the link to the Mm. website and I was like if I'm gonna do it anywhere this is quite possibly like the magical safe drug hospital that you imagine would (laughs) exist for like your child to go out there and experiment with psychedelics but yeah it sounds like you got more um kind of curious and more open and that there just started to be things that you were like there's a part of the human experience that this could unlock for me that I'm interested in. Yeah,
1: I'm, I am interested in how drugs can help us reach something, some other perspective on the world as an experience, mm. not as a, like, super frequent thing.
2: The way your experience was talked about, like, you told the team you were going on it. Mm-hmm. You took the time off work. I acted like I was it. dying
0: for about two weeks. So <laughs> I really, like, cleaned up my life and was like, I'm going to go do this thing. It's going to be really big. I need to, like, let you guys know at work, like, you know, that I want to up yeah. all the loose ends before I go. Yeah. I wanted to go really clear as well, so.
2: Yeah, but that, that was cool, Like it was it was out in the open, our, our managers knew, we knew what, why you were going there, and then you came back and you you talked through it in a team meeting to everyone, again, our managers were there, and you talked through the experience and, and kind of the benefits you'd had from it, and it was amazing how differently it was talked about, whereas, you know, normally drugs are hidden and you don't talk about it and it's bad and it's mm. shameful, whereas that was like, here's what I'm gonna go and do, and, and you could see you were like glowing after it yeah. as well, which was nice. Yeah.
1: But there's also a really interesting cultural context that's happening right now where therapeutic use of drugs is coming back onto the scene. And whereas drugs, you know, psychedelics, for example, got a real narrative of being something dangerous and making people, like, end up on the loose side of everything. Yeah, that
0: it makes you go crazy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah,
1: That's all starting to shift, and it feels like there's a lot more space to explore drugs. I'm going to say therapeutically, although there is that space too, but on an individual level in terms of... What else it gives you access to in yourself and in your relationship mm-hmm. with yourself.
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I guess, um, you know, I talk to, like, people of my mum's age like my mum sometimes, and I know that it's particularly for them growing up in the 80s, it was, like, you know, the war on drugs era. It was really, like, you know, yeah. drugs are evil, they're bad, they do horrible stuff to you, like, don't do them, basically. Mm. And I think that really got into, like, that generation psyche, whereas I think for us, like, in general, we just seem, like, as a culture to be more open, more receptive to things, you know, talking about our mental health, you know, and be more open about our sexuality, like who we are as human beings. And I think with that kind of more curiosity has been allowed around um, these substances. Whether it's to you know reach a different part of the human experience, what it means to be alive, or whether it's actually like, would it be cool just to feel yeah. some stuff? I don't know, <laughs> know, and go out and go wild. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think people are seeing real benefits to it, like like marijuana, mm. obviously, but then also uh, psychedelics and, and MDMA in in small doses. There's plenty of studies that show that it's like it can treat people with depression or other mental health issues so I think actually people are really seeing that, that it can it can really help people mm,
0: yeah and what about you though George like your early experiences because um, if memory serves you were kind of experimenting when you were um, like in your teens and stuff like that
2: yeah it, it, I mean it was pretty much like the classic for me like university discovered yeah. discovered drugs there um, and it was you know the best thing I'd ever done and, and you know the first night was crazy you were with all your best mates and then you take these these drugs and suddenly that it's like a new world's unlocked and and you meet all these other people and obviously you're in love with everyone that night and and the night's so happy and fun and it goes on for what feels like 15 days Mm -hmm. um and I i think i just i loved it like i loved the the feeling so much and everything just felt better music felt better and just chatting to people felt better and I met so many people through doing drugs at house parties and stuff so um actually I you know I started to really feel the benefits when I wasn't on drugs because I had a new group of friends that I've met through it so for me drugs became to to represent a really positive experience and and I actually maybe it didn't feel addictive but I started to really look forward to to these drug nights we were going to have and and I think then, you know, maybe we alienated ourselves a little bit. We had some friends that didn't want to do it, and and the alcohol only nights became not as fun, and they became mm. a bit like a bit PG, a bit kindergarten. Mm. Um, but but I just I had such an amazing time, um, and I think, you know, it meant that we wanted to experiment more. So we experimented with, with all kinds of drugs, and probably not in a in a completely healthy way. Um, but I think we just we just saw it as a way of having fun, and then, and then actually, you know, once I started to struggle with my mental health which it wasn't because of the drugs but I, I think the, the drugs obviously played a part um, they actually became a bit more sinister and I think I started to use them in a really unhealthy way to to escape a bit more from, mm-hmm. from my life um, and I I think looking back now it's funny because you know the drugs aren't inherently good or bad but they for the time at the time for me they were amazing they were really really good and then they became really bad and I saw them as evil and for a long time after I saw them as this real evil thing and I think it's taken me a long time to to come out of that and look back and realise mm. that just my relationship with it had changed
0: yeah also it sounds like the drug was like the catalyst for what was already kind of like going on and kind of shifting mm. that from being like oh it's this you know powder's fault to actually oh that was just something that was happening for me and this maybe heightened it a bit more
2: yeah I think it it, it like, it, it, like you say it kind of boosts whatever is going on for you, so when I was in a really good place in my second year it it made that so much better, and then actually, when I was struggling, it made that so much worse mm. um, and I, I I think I didn't realize that at the time I, I i mean it seems stupid now, but I didn't think that if I kept taking these drugs, it was going to make me worse. I, I was blaming other things um, mm. whereas I think they they played a massive part
1: mm. yeah, or I was thinking or masking something, you know mm. yeah um. When you get like a little dose of something, it feels good, but actually you're really not feeling that good underneath. It feels like the drop is double when Mm, you come mm, back down.
2: Yeah, Mm. and and I think, you know, for my third year when I was struggling, I I told myself that because I'd had such an amazing time in second year on the drugs that I needed to keep taking them, and that's how Mm. I have fun. And I need to take them to go out Mm. to these nights, and that's what everyone else is doing, so I have to do that. and you know if i keep doing them then surely i'll be fine whereas actually really they they weren't they really weren't helping and you know the next days were, were horrendous and but i didn't stop that that was the issue I, di- I didn't stop like i kept mm-hmm. i kept going and going and going
0: do you know what you felt like you might lose if you stopped doing it it, like, it sounds like you gained a lot from doing that with like this new mm-hmm. group of
2: people mm-hmm. i think that that became the thing that we like we did that, that was our that was our unique experience like Probably twice a week, we we were going on on drug nights. Like it was it was mm. a big part of our experience. It wasn't, you know, I think for some people it was like a, a once a month thing that they really looked forward to. But for us, that was mm. pretty much what our uni life revolved around, especially in third year. And I think everything else I was doing was just waiting to get back to those nights. So if I had to do my dissertation, fine, but I wanted to get back to the drug nights. So I think I felt that if I cut that part out, then actually. I would be missing out on my whole uni experience, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of fit in really. Mm. Um, so, I, I don't know if I was in a position back then to be able to say no.
1: Yeah. Well, and that also just makes me think of that um, the kind of narrative we can get in our heads about what it means to be somebody who's fun or who's cool or who's mm. who's doing their uni years right. You know, this is my youth. These supposed to be the best years of my life. All of those kind of um, cultural stories that we get told about how something's supposed to be yeah and I you know. think
2: what, what became hard is we then built up this story mm-hmm. of you need to take drugs to have fun or, or whatever mm-hmm. that's what I was telling myself so when actually I, it had been going on for such a long time that I realised I was in a really bad place and I did need to make adjustments I didn't handle it well with with cutting them out with, with telling my friends I think I was scared to say to them I can't do these things anymore or I can't come on these nights out with you because it's not good for me so I basically just stopped going out with them and I didn't I didn't tell them what was going on I didn't tell them why so I, I pretty much drove a wedge between me and my friends by not handling the situation well because I thought I'd be judged as being boring or, or not fun or, or weird or whatever um, so it, beca- it became really hard to to have to then say no to them and, and think that people might push me aside because of it.
1: Well and it sounds like that is what it felt like that you had to lose your friends to not Socialize with them in this way meant that you wouldn't have your friends, basically.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and I became really judgmental of them, which I, which I think Mm. is, is, you know, I I feel bad about that now. But at the time, I think because I started to see drugs as evil, Mm. I started to, to, you know, criticize my friends, not to not to them, not to them, which is worse, but behind their back or or to myself, like what they're doing is really unhealthy. Like they don't know what they're doing; it's all wrong. And Mm. I think that was that was such a destructive line thinking that, that i got myself into um again it's taken a long time to probably you know even just last year like three years on for me to to make peace with drugs and make peace with what my friends want to do and make peace with that period
0: mm, definitely i think you know um kind of my experience using drugs as well is really similar to yours as well especially with what happened in terms of you know deciding that they're not serving you and um kind of moving away from them like I started quite young experimenting with drugs. I think I was about 16 the first time I took MDMA, and it was, like, the step from school to sixth form, um, started hanging around with a new crowd, and just all of a sudden, like, they were just about, really. They were just sort of, everyone was kind of doing them, and I'd always been so curious about them. Um, and started to try different things. You know, it was a lot of, like, particularly, like, MDMA and, like, you know, smoking weed quite regularly and stuff as well, and MDMA in particular, I was just like, whoa, I had, like, Mm. no idea I could feel like this, and it was incredible, and all those things you talked about, like, the connection, the way music sounded I mean being like 16 and going out and going to gigs and stuff is pretty amazing memories anyway but like so heightened because of you know how alive like all my senses were and stuff but yeah it was really similar to you like after a while they just really stopped serving me and I think that it also came at a time in my life where um, I hadn't really dealt with like a lot of things that like happened to me when I was a teenager and they were just a very quick way to feel really 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 good and it just felt like such a shortcut Um, but yeah but what happened to me as well was after a while I was just like I am not doing good like my anxiety was in overdrive um, so depressed and like depressions after taking drugs that would last for like days whereas Mm -hmm. it seemed like all of my friends would like get up in the morning, splash their face with cold water, and mm. crack on with the day. Whereas I was like completely like despondent and like inconsolable. And obviously, at the time, I couldn't dream of talking to my mum, I just thought I'd get in trouble. And um, all my friends were still having a really good time with it. So at first, I was like, Oh, I'm just like doing them wrong or something, you know, or Oh, I've, it's like me, it's my fault. Not realizing that, yeah, actually, I just was, you know. I probably had like messed up a bit of my brain chemistry and that on top of you know going through a hard time anyway just really wasn't right but yeah I remember I had my A-levels coming up and thinking like right this has to stop like I have to start looking after myself and I lost like a whole friendship group which at 17 was like obviously it's the end of your world right when you fall out of friends at that age but yeah it was really hard to kind of like make that choice for myself with like not a lot of support and then kind of deal with the fallout of Mm -hmm. Yeah, feeling like you're the boring one now, you're the odd one now. Oh, she got really weird and just like completely went off because I wasn't honest about it either. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. have the way to articulate how I felt and that, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't like you guys, but I didn't think you'd want to hang out with me if I didn't want to do this anymore because that was where I got to with it. Yeah,
2: no, it's funny because I've been on the other side as well. Before I went through that, there was someone in our group who... Who who had come down every weekend to take drugs with us, and then he just stopped and said so he didn't want to do it anymore. And I remember being one of the people that's like, "What's wrong with you? Like you're boring, you're no fun. Like why do you even come down?" And I remember being that person. So when I then was in that situation, I was like, "Shit, I get it now."
1: Mm-hmm. But I hear two, and I hear two sides. Of that one is um, I've certainly had the experience. Like if I'm on a night out with friends, you know, usually we're drinking where I'm not drinking, I really notice as everybody else gets drunker. And at a certain point, it's not that fun for me to hang out with everyone, right? So, you know, I would imagine when you're not doing drugs, it's a little less fun to hang out with all your friends who are on drugs. And conversely, I think that there can be a real discomfort in the fear of judgment to be with somebody who, especially somebody who had done it with you and no longer does. Mm -hmm. You know, the fear that they are going to be, you know, that they're on the outside a little bit and are going to be looking in, Mm -hmm. judging you.
2: Yeah, and I think... You know, for, for there was a period when I hit a point when I knew I needed to stop taking drugs, but mm-hmm. because of that, I, because I, did, I was scared of, of not fitting in or being rejected or whatever, I carried on with these unhealthy habits and I did things that I didn't want to do when I knew it was wrong. Like for example, I went to. I went uh, on holiday with with a group of lads to Berlin for like a like a drug fueled holiday basically, and I knew I knew I was in an awful place, and like I didn't want to go. Like I was in a terrible terrible place. I just split off my girlfriend. It was like I felt so lonely, and like, the last thing I wanted to do was be in a really dark techno club Ingy with like yes, kind of club, <laughs> and it's like you know I, that was the last thing I wanted. But but I was I was scared of missing out, and I was scared of not fitting in. So mm. so like I, I went anyway, and actually that that trip was was the catalyst for me to stop taking drugs because we, we went on like a, a super, super heavy night out, um, like took way, way too many drugs. And then it, it was at a time when I was really struggling with suicidal thoughts. And I think the thoughts had always, you know, they'd always been there, but I could, you know, I knew I could t- control them to a degree or, or it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really me thinking it or whatever. But when I, when we got back after that night out and finally went to bed, it was like 8am or whatever, I the, i've taken so many drugs that they'd almost like it almost like taken over in, in my brain and i had this consistent persistent thought of, of essentially like you know telling me to kill myself basically and it, it was it was the only thing that was going through my head and it was it was horrendous because it was so powerful it honestly felt like someone was in my head like mm. i could feel like someone was saying something of in my head yeah. and yeah literally and and it, it was it was the only thing I was hearing like I, I tried to go to bed I tried to shut my eyes and and the voice was louder and yeah. it went on for so long and I remember being in the hostel room with my friends and there was five other people there they were all asleep so I felt super scared because I was like this thing's telling me to go and do this and everyone's sleeping so soundly and they seem so peaceful and I, I think it was just that period was, it was like four hours just horrendous and I think the next day I felt really kind of like scarred it felt yeah. like a bit of a trauma and I, I remember yeah. feeling so on edge and I think it was it was then I was like, I cannot keep doing this to myself because oh. I'm not helping anybody. And it was that period when I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And that's when I just cut cut things off completely and didn't take them for such a long time.
1: Well, and one of the risks with drugs is you kind of, like you're describing this in a narrative of, like it was kind of building up to that kind of thing. It was already not feeling right for you, but you, you never know with drugs what kind of reaction you're gonna have in any given moment. You know, a few years ago, I smoked pot with an ex-boyfriend and um, whether it was just that it was old or it was late something, who knows. But I had a few hours where I was in, I think, the darkest place I've ever been in my life. And I thought, oh, I can understand why people kill themselves. Like, I Mm. really felt Mm. like I have to get out of myself because this feels so awful. And the relief when it finally started to pass Mm. and I feel like myself again. And, you know, this is not to be like, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs, obviously. But... Um, that's part of the risk you know that's part of what makes that's like the frisson right that makes it almost a little exciting because yeah. you're like afraid could something you know could this go a bad way could I have a bad trip or like will I be lucky
0: yeah mm-hmm. and we don't ever get taught how to take them safely right, as well. That like, we don't ever get taught what to do if you're in like a bad trip if you're in a bad place or anything which is why sometimes it can be helpful you know some of the advice people give about taking them safely is have a sober sitter with mm-hmm. you which is obviously a lot of responsibility for them but you know I don't think at any point especially like I cringe a little bit when I think about how young I was and like when I used to take drugs and stuff I just was going by what my friends were doing Mm. and like oh okay he's kind of like a big dude I probably shouldn't take that much I'll probably do like you know half of that kind Mm. of thing but like that's Mm. not a safe Mm. way to do it and you never know what you're going to get and it's really just a Russian roulette, I guess, Mm. of when you're taking them, of if it's gonna be a good experience for Mm. you, or if you're even gonna be physically safe as well as mentally Mm. safe.
1: Absolutely. Well, And so much of it has to do with context, and particularly when you're young, Mm. I don't think you think a lot about the context that you're in, who you're with, what kind of environment Mm. you're in, all of those things. And Mm. I think that that, um, that really affects how drugs impact people when it comes yeah, down to it. certain setting. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I heard in both of your stories was the fear that if you um, weren't doing drugs with your friends that you'd be ostracized and you'd be left out. But I also heard and wondered about the kind of not knowing what to replace it with. Like, if that's your main way to have fun, to connect, to spend time with your friends, and you don't have an alternative yet, of course it's going to feel like... You know, it's like, I'm a trapeze artist. If I let go of this bar and I can't see another bar, Mm. of course you're going to free fall. That's terrifying.
0: Mm, Yeah. I'm trying to think what I did replace them with. I think she started getting really drunk, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Mm. That's what I did. I think I just hang around with a different group of people. And, you know, we go out, like, drinking in, like, Brick Lane and, like, Indian food restaurants Mm -hmm. that would let us, like, drink alcohol in there when we were underage. And, yeah, I don't think I really kind of processed or gave myself I think I was so young like I had no idea to even sit there and be like "Oh, what was I trying to get from this like what kind of story am I trying to tell about myself like what identity have I made for myself around being the fun party person Mm. Um, and is that who I like really want to be I think I just sort of jumped to the next thing Um, and yeah it's been obviously well god I'm 26 now so it's been quite a long time where I feel like I'm finally in like a good place of like The way I use um, any substances, be that like alcohol or drugs, where like I really do consider um, the impact it's going to have and whether it's going to leave me, you know, satisfied, if it's going to heighten my enjoyment, if it's about, you know, a really new experience that's actually for my own kind of, um, I guess, like spiritual health. Like, Mm. you know, for example, when I took like magic mushrooms, um, when I went on that retreat, that was not like let's go do those mushrooms and like see what we trip on it was really like this is a real like healing Mm. experience for me and i've seen like that experience is one of the most meaningful things i think i've ever done in my entire life and i've really seen the benefits of stuff like that and you know even in recent years i've taken MDMA and you know, seem like my favorite DJs, and been with people who are actually my friends, Mm. not just because we do drugs (laughs) together, but because you know, we love each other and support and care about one another, and it's been incredible. Mm. But I obviously, the drastic shift has been a knowing myself well and how to look after myself, um, I guess knowing the amount that I choose to Mm. take, and you know, not just binging on drugs just because that's the amount we've got doesn't mean that's all that I should do Um, and yeah just kind of really being surrounded by the right environment and the right people to make it a positive experience and you know look even every now and again you know you still get the next day where you feel like shit basically but Mm -hmm. yeah I think only now do I know how to look after myself a little better but Yeah, that takes a a long while if you've got no support and then it has to do it safely.
1: I would add to that list knowing what purpose it serves. Yes. Um, Because I'm thinking, so cannabis is legal in Massachusetts, where I'm from now. Mm. And so it's really easy to get like a little vape pen that you keep Mm. in your bag and, you know, or whatever it is you want, gummies. All the things are there. Mm. And somebody who was really close to me was telling me about how they hadn't really realized that they'd become addicted to it, that basically any time a little bit of anxiety would come up, they would just be like, I'm just gonna take a little toke of my vape pen, and then I'm just gonna feel a lot better. And then the next day they feel a little anxious, and they would do it again. Mm. And that actually, when they tried to stop doing it, there was a week or so that they didn't have it, um, that suddenly they were like, oh fuck, Like I don't know how to deal with these feelings, and I'm feeling Yay. so edgy and so anxious. Mm. And that the process of learning what to replace that um, that support with
0: yeah is
1: a really difficult one you have to be with a lot of
0: uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what can be, um, you know, a beauty and a curse about drugs is that they're a shortcut to Completely. really heightened feelings and as you said that it made me think like, oh yeah, well also in that time of me being 17 to 26, I've done a lot of work on myself and a lot Absolutely. of work to feel things that haven't required drugs, you know, falling in love, like having amazing experiences like stone cold sober so I kind of know how to like, get myself to those feelings mm. that like that's not the only way that I can reach it is by doing drugs as well right which I think is what is dangerous about them sometimes because it's really easy just to bypass the the difficult mm. uncertain bit where you're just in a bad place so you know you're not having that much of a yeah. good time or you feel anxious or whatever yeah. it is you choose to use them for mm. yeah
2: I think yeah I think for me now it, it, it's like down to intent like what someone's intent is I, I think that a lot of people say, because I was one of them, I'm doing the drugs so I want to have fun. And that was me and Thurgeon, mm. like, they're how I have fun. Whereas actually, when I look back now, I was doing drugs to escape from my, what I saw as a shitty life back then. Because I was yeah. struggling so much, I did it to escape. And that that's not healthy. So I think, you know, if people now want to, to do drugs and that's what they do to have fun, then, then cool. But I think if people are doing it to escape or because they feel lonely or to mm. fill feel, feel a hole in their life, then then that's not so healthy. But I don't mm. think people always know the real intention behind what, mm. why they're doing doing drugs or taking drugs.
1: And bad feelings are fucking shit to be with. Like, mm. nobody wants to feel anxious. Nobody wants to feel lonely. No. Nobody wants to feel depressed. And mm. it is so awful to have to sit with those uncomfortable feelings. Yeah,
0: and even think that, oh, even though this thing could fix it for one night, a half an hour, whatever it is, um, I have to choose to sit in it, which is a really difficult place because... Yeah. I have a theory as well, sometimes drugs can be the support we don't get from other people. I mean, Mm -hmm. I read something once Mm -hmm. about um, this uh, lady called Gabrielle Bernstein who writes kind of like self-help and like spiritual books and she was a um, cocaine addict for years and she talks about when she started to get sober, the work she did was on understanding why was I doing this. Like, what was the feeling that I was like trying to like attain from this? And she said it was the feeling of like a flow state. Yeah, that sense of I don't know if you've ever had that when you're like mm. writing something or you know out and you're just so in the moment and you're like so lost. Like that was what she was always trying Absolutely. to trying to reach mm. as well. And it's a quick fix.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because studies around addiction um, using mice show that basically if you give mice um, cocaine and sugar water, which is like their favorite thing in the world. Um, mice who are living in a community, who basically are happy mice, are not actually interested in doing the drugs, mm-hmm. but mice who are isolated will mm-hmm. keep hitting the sugar water with Coke over and over and over and over and over again. Basically the same is true for humans. Mm-hmm. Like There's often yeah. something fundamental about connection and how we're feeling in our lives. That we're seeking out from this good feeling we get with drugs that we're not getting from one another. It feels like yeah. that's the like unhealthy side of drugs, mm-hmm. as a juxtaposition to the the like spiritual exploration and connecting to with yourself mm-hmm. and connecting with friends side. Yeah. And both exist.
0: And even on the kind of spiritual exploration side, like typically when people have used like plant medicines or psychedelics and stuff, it would traditionally happen in communities, mm-hmm. and it was a rite of passage. So you would have support um, before you did it. Pe- everybody in the tribe would know that you're about to go do your. A ceremony, take your, you know, magic mushrooms or whatever it is, lick that weird toad in the Amazon or whatever that other <laughs> thing is. Um, and they would support you in the run up to it. And then obviously while you're in your experience, there'll be people to keep you safe, there'll be people to look after you. And then afterwards there will be space to process it with people who have also had that rite of passage and, you know, the village elders or whatever it is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas nowadays, you know, when we take drugs mm-hmm. recreationally, it's often like cool better get my uber better mm. go home or you know you might stay at your friends the next day but then you go back and we don't really help people um integrate their experiences either Absolutely. yeah and you know even if you are just doing drugs for fun and it's not a spiritual experience i still think you kind of need to integrate you know what was it like to go out and you know do loads of coke or whatever it is <laughs> you choose to do you know Absolutely. what did you get from that what was that kind of stuff came up for you you know if you had those dark moments like how do you support yourself and again i think there's something in our society where we just don't teach people that like those things are going to come up and we don't talk about it and you know it's just kind of like my personal opinion now but just preaching like abstinence with drugs it's just like I think mm. that's what's really missed is like kids, teenagers people are going to do drugs no matter what I think but actually what I think is missing is helping people do it safely and in yeah. a way that supports themselves because mm. um, that just doesn't seem like it's there at the moment mm. yeah Um I mean we talked quite a lot about you know when things got kind of dark for you George as well but I was wondering Soph because your experience of you know you talked about psychedelics a little bit there sounded really Positive. I was wondering if you ever had anything at the other end of the spectrum that's affected your um, attitudes towards them.
1: I would say the the short version is mostly no, mm. but I think one of the things I've been afraid of is that in doing drugs, the feeling would be so good that my like regular day to day experience would feel mm. pale in comparison. And I think part of the thing that um, as I got older, meant that I would tend to say no to drugs was just the f- the f- was mostly fear, it was fear that instead of it heightening something that I would be able to access or still have otherwise, that um, yeah, fear of like where it would take me and that I would everything else wouldn't seem good anymore, basically. Um, but my experience with drugs is so limited. I mean, really, truly other than smoking weed, which I'm not that interested in anymore. I'm just saying I've literally done MDMA twice <laughs> and mm. I've done acid once um, and like a few other teeny little things on the side. So um, mm. it's a pretty, I'm pretty early stages of my <laughs> journey. Mm-hmm.
0: In terms of um, an attitude or a state of mind and not necessarily like a specific um, drug maybe, um, what wouldn't you want to return to with your experience mm. of drugs um, and why is that?
1: Can I start? Because my yeah, experience is so yeah, limited, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> what I would say is what I've noticed is so far where I am right now, I have certain drugs I'm interested in exploring and certain drugs I'm not interested in exploring. I'm not at all interested in doing coke. Like From what I can see, coke is an ego drug not actually interested in exploring like having more ego in my life. Um, but I am interested in things like MDMA or psychedelics um, because it feels like those drugs have to do more with connection with myself and with others or some kind of higher connection when it comes down to it. Um, so for me in some ways it's almost like I'm about the purpose of the drug or what kind of thing it gives you. Yeah. And I as an American in the UK have what is maybe an interesting observation that here it seems to me people do more party drugs. Like People in America don't actually do MDMA and ecstasy that much, like those are quite rare things to do. But people do a lot of coke, from what I see. Mm. Whereas here, there's more need for deep connection, and so MDMA mm. seems to be a more popular thing. That
0: British stiff upper lip right. might be why we all love doing pills, and
1: everybody loves <laughs> parties, right? And everybody <laughs> loves festivals in a way that it's not like they don't exist in America, but yeah. it's not such a thing because I think you get a little bit more of that in day to day life. Yeah,
0: like I really, um, I have a personal theory about like the the dance culture here and the fact that like so much like music is created in the UK we have such a rich music scene you know especially on like if you think of like the DJs that have come out of here like even genres of music that were like invented in the UK and then kind of the festival like rock and roll culture that's always my suspicion why like yeah party drugs are more popular because it's something um, cultural almost that like you know as a society I mean we love drinking the Brits so I think that's kind of almost like the second layer to it like we love drinking and yeah if you catch us on the right weekend and three in the morning we also like you know getting really really into music as well Mm. so that's
2: just my theory Mm. anyway
0: what about you what wouldn't you want to return to
2: yeah i I, like i'm kind of scarred because of party drugs so they they actually really scare me now Mm. even even i was talking about that that berlin story like i could feel my heart going like i feel a bit sick when i think about them but so i I won't touch coke again definitely not I, i it makes me feel so anxious even when i'm on it um same with something like ketamine like i I think that got me in such a bad place in Berlin. Oof, that I just yeah. that that was the thing that really tipped yeah. it. And I,
0: they call it regretment. That's it's the a name, reason, I'm so curious what it's like. I had that's at not my downer. I sense of. Really, it was, I, it was my favorite. I've only ever done it like twice, and once I had an out of body experience. And it was fucking terrifying. Mm. I remember well. I was, I was so young again, and I had like no idea that it was going to happen. And I was at this house party. And I just did some. I didn't really know what was going to happen. I remember I was like sitting on this guy's like conservatory, like there was like a work surface, and I was sitting there having a cigarette. And um, I just all of a sudden was like above this conservatory, like looking at this girl sitting there smoking a cigarette, being like, "Oh, who's that?" And then I like popped back and was like, "What the fuck just happened to me?" Yeah, um, and then the next day I felt like super anxious. It was. Like, I think it's that integration piece as well because I think something like that is a pretty profound experience for a human being to have a sense of like not being attached to like your own body basically. And then the next day I was just like, well, cool. Roast dinner's gonna be at like <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon to come back to that. I think was why yeah. I felt so rocked to like my core kind of thing, so scared by it really. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I think when I first started taking it, it was when I was in my second year and I was in the mindset of I want to just have the craziest uni experience and mm-hmm. the best like stories. So it because it is it's that kind of drug, it's a crazy drug that takes you on some mad journey that you've got to buckle up for, for a few hours. Like I you know I had times when I fell over and thought I was like part of the floor which I mean it's just ridiculous but that was that was what I wanted from my uni experience and then actually when I was in a not in such a good state of mind it's it's a it's a crazy journey and, and it's not the best thing to go on so I think as my you know my mental state changed I had to kind of distance myself from it because I knew I, I couldn't handle the, the places that oh. ketamine might take you to which you, oh. you just you just don't know where you're going to go um, so I, I yeah, I don't think I'll touch that again. I, I, I would take MDMA as, as a party drug again, um, but again, like, like on on the rare occasion, and and when I'm when I know it's coming up, I I have to like build myself up to it for a week. Like I have to get ready, like I have to get through the anxiety yeah. and and the stress, and it, I don't look forward to it anymore. Um,
0: yeah, I was wondering as well, like when you say you have to like build up to it, what's the benefit then of doing it if it causes like anxiety in the I know in the
2: beginning, I know, and, it, and like. Like, when you say it like that it's such an obvious question but I, I think you know there, I, I, there's still a part of me that would feel like I'd miss out I think um, I wouldn't have the best experience I could have if I didn't if I didn't take mm-hmm. it like I think the last time I took it was, was Glastonbury a couple of years ago and yeah I just knew that I wanted to have the best time there and, and for me I, that would add to that t- taking drugs and I, I just knew that those few days were going to be heavy and I was going to feel shit after and I just kind of accepted it and when I was there, I did have an amazing time, and like you know, coming back to what we we're saying, maybe maybe there's something I'm missing that I felt I had to take drugs to have that amazing time. But I did have an amazing time when I was there, and, and part of that was because of the drugs. Um, I just had to kind of like, yeah, buckle buckle down for the ride. Um, but I think I've had some really positive experiences on on drugs since, particularly around psychedelics and LSD and acid. I think I i had like a period where i was trying microdosing uh, and I, I read about all the all the benefits of it um some people had amazing experiences on it so i thought i'd I'd try it but not not for any kind of crazy purpose i wasn't gonna change my routine i was gonna work as normal i was gonna get up at the same time i was still gonna eat the same meals and do the same things and nothing in my routine changed and it, and it was amazing I, had, I think i did it for like 10 days and i felt amazing and there was no um Negative, negative sides to it, there was no come down, I didn't feel shit or anxious, so that was an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, what was amazing about it though? What, what did you get from it? Uh,
2: it, it? It's one of those things where you, because you don't take a lot during the day, you don't, you almost forget you've taken anything because you don't feel anything, so you just go about your day as normal. When I got to the end of each day, y- you become like really reflective. and I look back and mm-hmm. I just said, Do you know what? Today was a really good day, and it, mm-hmm. it sounds so simple, but. I could feel it. I could really feel I had a good day and I was really grateful for that day every day, which maybe um, I'm not always. Mm. And I think also I, I looked back and realised that any work challenges that had come up, I was able to to kind of um, look at more objectively and, and, and tackle in, in a sort of uh, more logical way. And I think it, it got me super focused on on the work I was doing. So whatever work I was doing, I was, I was in it and it got done. I wasn't distracted and, and procrastinating. So I think I just finished my day feeling good mm. and I'd got a load of work done and I didn't wake up the next day feeling shit. So it just, it felt like a good experience. Mm.
0: So feeling of focus can stay, but the feeling of perhaps being a bit out of control or that, almost that Russian roulette that we've talked about, mm. of you don't know what you're going to get. That's not something you'd go near again. No,
2: I think as, as it's changed, like at uni I didn't care about focus. I was like, let's just get through my, my work so I can get fucked up. Whereas now I'm like... I'm not about that so much anymore, I'd rather focus.
0: What connection I hear to what's going on.
1: Well, and the other thing that I've heard both of you guys mention is the anxiety that often comes after doing drugs. And actually, like, I speak Mm. to a lot of people in coaching who experience a lot of anxiety the day after they've been drinking. Like, Mm. I think anxiety comes a lot after we engage with any kind of substance that alters how we feel inside ourselves afterwards. Um, And I don't feel like that gets talked about enough. Um, And when I think about things I don't want to go back to or what things I've been afraid of with drugs is the come down from being around people who are on a come down, that dark place. Um, And certainly after my first time doing MDMA, what I found was I felt bad in a way that usually I I have things I love to do, like just puttering around or gardening or hanging out with friends or reading that just make me feel good in like a kind of, hey, I feel like happy in myself. Mm -hmm. And none of the things I usually do work and the the level of, I don't know if despair is the right word, mm. but um, despondency I felt yeah. at being like, mm. none of my tricks are working to make me feel good, so what the fuck do I do, was scary. Mm. And um, there's something in that that for me is really scary, and obviously you talked about an extreme example when you were talking yeah. about Berlin.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I think even on, on like the smaller examples, you, I certainly got into a place where I was going on the same kind of night out all the time it was the same kind of club night it was the same music it was the same beat for six hours same people and I'd feel horrendous for two days after and I started to to be like why the night's not worth that which I think is why I might do it for Glastonbury now because I'm like Glastonbury's worth it like it's a cool event whereas the random night out at XOYO with the same music I've been hearing for years, like, it, it might not be worth mm. feeling how I do for the, the two days after.
0: Yeah, totally, yeah. Some of my friends take the piss out of me and say I do, like, a SWOT analysis of if I'm going to do drugs, <laughs> because I'm literally just like, mm, is this going to be worth it? What do I have on for the next, like, few days afterwards? Like, you know, like, is this really, like, the thing that I want to, you mm. know, bust my, like, serotonin receptors for yeah. for the next, like, week or two? Because, yeah, you're right, like, sometimes... I think I've got kind of a similar attitude to you where I'm like, if this is going to be like an incredible experience so I feel like it's something that would really be, um, yeah, significant about doing this, then I'd like consider it. But if it's just kind of like a normal night out, probably not. And also, now that you said so, if I'm so aware of the anxiety that I feel, because, yeah, I stopped drinking for a couple of months last year and I'm actually doing like a sober month at the moment because... um, I really notice now every now and again. Like I feel like my anxiety levels really come up after I drink, mm. um, and drinking's like obviously completely legal and something that like most of us will do. You know, a couple of times a week, I think, as a general rule, like with people of like our kind of age mm. in this sort of world. Um, and yeah, even with that, like I know it's even like one or two glasses of wine, there'd be a distinct difference in the way I'd feel the next day. Um, so yeah, now kind of being more aware of that, I guess that's something that I'm like, okay, I don't want to feel like that all the time or I'm not going to risk that feeling just for something that doesn't feel like it's worth it that I would just enjoy if I just mm. had a couple of soda limes and maybe were like, okay, yeah, tequila shots sure, mm. like halfway mm. through the night. But yeah, that anxious feeling, that despondency, um it has to feel like it's really worth potentially risking that, mm. which is rarer rather than like regular now yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I
1: love the idea of a SWOT analysis yeah. before <laughs> making that kind of decision because I actually think that's really responsible. And then if you add to that thinking about what context you're doing it in, mm. it matters because what's interesting is um, with the war on drugs, which basically came from the Vietnam War, uh, You know, so many of the vets were addicted to heroin in Vietnam mm. and at least for the U.S., The U.S. was afraid that this, like, huge mass of heroin addicts were coming back and were going to, like, infiltrate the country. And actually what was really interesting is that most of them came back and actually were no longer addicts because it has so much to do with context. Mm. Um, But because of the war on drugs and then the fear around drugs, it meant that any long-term studies around drugs have been shut down. And so something like MDMA or something that, like, you know, dips into your serotonin levels there are no long-term studies that show what the long-term effects are and so mm-hmm. you know there's there is a little bit of playing a game and not having a sense of what the longer-term impacts are mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. even on the shorter-term ones we can feel immediately
0: so we kind of know what we know now right i mean um i think all of us like sitting at this table um have a good level of self-awareness we've done like a lot of work on our mental health all of us you know regardless of like our drug usage as well do you think like we could have prevented any of, like, the negativity that's come with, like, our experience of drugs if we, like, knew what we knew now. I'm sitting here thinking, like, God, that 17 year old girl, like, had no clue. I probably wouldn't yeah. have listened to myself. I would probably, you know, even if I had started to work on myself, I think I was so desperate to try something and feel something and have this, like, crazy experience outside of, like, my little safe bubble that I think I probably would have. Maybe it wouldn't have gone on for as long, but I think mm. I would have probably still wanted to go out there and explore it.
2: I think I could say now that if there was better education out there, then I might not have taken things in such a harmful way, but I think, like I said, I was at uni to, to just have the craziest time possible, and I don't think I would have listened to the education. I, I think the thing that made it made it worse for me is, is because they are illegal, they there's like a culture of shame around them and obviously you can't buy them over the counter so you have to get them mm. from some like unscrupulous characters you know Dave in a, in a fucking dodgy club or whatever and you don't know what you're getting and I think I think I've met him yeah, yeah <laughs> we, we yeah. all yeah. have at some <laughs> point to be honest um, and I, yeah I think like we, we knew um, we knew dealers at uni who were cutting their drugs with like washing up powder to get to get more for their money mm. and I think that,
0: and that's at the good end of the spectrum which, which is the
2: good end obviously you know pe- people have died from taking stuff that's mm. that's um, got bad bad shit in it so I think because, of, because it's illegal there's this you have to source them in illegal ways and dangerous ways mm. and then you're taking things that are dangerous and I think this whole culture of shame i just i think it was that 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 added to my journey it's not to put it on that completely like part of it was me but i think that really added to it
0: and on that point as well i'm just thinking of that's definitely something that i'm more mindful of particularly recently around like where are these drugs that i'm buying coming from Mm -hmm. because you've just named there right they're illegal and obviously at the moment in the uk they're coming from criminal networks as well and um you know i was reading something in the newspaper the other day about these like county lines drug gangs which i don't know if people have Seen, but basically there's a real phenomenon in kind of like modern slavery at the moment pretty much where um these drug gangs are taking um kids as young as like seven who are really really vulnerable um out of their kind of like immediate area so um there was an example i heard in a podcast of a guy who was 15 owed a drug dealer money so the drug dealer said to him great you can come work for me took him out of the county to like some seaside town um, in the middle of nowhere and got him basically like working like the production line for like packing up drugs and he couldn't get out of it and you know people um, taking advantage of like vulnerable kids basically to keep the drug production line and to start a drug empire within like new towns around the UK and you know that is a huge phenomenon at the moment and there's been like some big investigative pieces going into it and when I read that I was like Mm. I could have very easily fed into that with like my money and you know I like to try and think I'm a bit more aware of, like, myself and, like, the impact I'm having in the world as well now. And, you know, something like that, it's just, like, we have to realise that, yeah, it's not just stopping... Mm. We're not really feeling the consequences of our action, like someone else further down the chain is, which I think is quite often the critiques people have of, like, middle-class recreational drug users Mm. who perhaps don't feel the negative side effects. I think that's something that, yeah, now I know more about. It has definitely made me stop and think twice about, like, oh, okay, am I really going to do this? Mm. Where is this coming from? And do I have any kind of impact in someone else's life I
1: love that perspective I'm really glad that you bring that in yeah when I was hearing you guys talk about like would you what would have helped you do something differently or would you have been able to do something differently in a different context I think the thing that um, influenced me the most actually was having an older sister who was not into drugs, who I like really looked up to. And I think being able to have honest conversations with her, but where she had a very clear perspective that this was actually not cool to do, mm. made it. so it was not even really a question. I was like, okay, not cool, cool. But obviously not everybody has access to that, but it yeah. makes me think about, you know legalization and regulation and being able to have more honest, open conversations about things as opposed to things living in the shadows. And yet, um, what I certainly see in Massachusetts again is, there is a dance a different dance that happens when something like cannabis is legalized because it is more accessible and then mm. do people actually from what i'm seeing people do it more that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing mm. um but it does mean that you need something to kind of help self-manage that a little mm. bit differently
0: yeah well the doors just opened a little wider right i mean if anyone wanted to you know go smoke weed now it probably wouldn't take them too long to work out how to do it but the easier it is the more that curiosity is just well you know One shorter step to get it um, satisfied. Mm. Really, and let's picture you know somebody out there right now um, that uses drugs recreationally, and for the most part, you know they enjoy them. Um, What would kind of be the message that we'd want to communicate to them? and, you know, not necessarily to try and stop them, but maybe I'll invite people to question their usage a little differently.
2: Like I said, for me, for a period, I became so judgmental of people taking drugs. But actually now I'm in a place of if that's what people want to do, then then if that's what works for them, then, then fine. But I think for me, it, it does come back to this piece around intent, like what, why people are taking them. I think if people are doing it because that's what they really want to do and, for, you know, so how they really have fun and connect, then, then fair enough. But... If it is because they are just bored or they're trying to fill a hole or they are trying to escape from something, then I think it's not being done in a healthy way. And mm. I think that's when maybe they should question why they're, they're taking mm. it. Out.
1: And for some reason, I, two sides of that, that I want to add to that. Um, one being, you know, sometimes those kinds of things that are not healthy for us are good for us are coping, mechanism, coping mechanisms and coping mechanisms that we actually need to have. Um, you know, that it stops us from doing something worse. Sometimes that's our reality. Mm. Um, and when, I'm, when I was hearing mm. you say that, it made me also think about, you know, being compassionate with ourselves that, you know, none of us are perfect people ever. And it's um, the journey is about getting to know yourself better and little by little kind of accepting where you are right now and what you can handle and what you can lean into. And um, I'm sure there are people who realize that they're not using drugs in a way that's healthy for them and the, the process for them to move out of that we'll start with self compassion before mm-hmm. before anything. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think um as well I'm kind of thinking out there perhaps if there's anybody listening you know who does have even like more of like an addictive like relationship with it as well. I know we have some like helpful things in um a sanctus directory which hopefully mm-hmm. Scotty can link to in the in the show notes as well. But yeah, I think I always always just I'm trying to imagine if I met like my 17 year old <laughs> self what mm-hmm. I would kind of like want to say to already anyone I guess who does it recreationally but I think it's just yeah that's that point of intent and what are you really trying to get from like experimenting with these because you know it's a feeling that you have the capacity to feel without shoving anything up your nose or you know taking anything or smoking anything so yeah if it's a shortcut kind of why can't you give yourself the time to get there sort of Mm. naturally and sure if it's an experience you want to have and it feels like it's high-end great but be safe and think about i guess yeah the reasons why you're doing it um and if you can look after yourself afterwards i think that's the biggest piece that's often missed it's like okay cool you can go into it with great intent but what happens that next morning when you feel like shit. <laughs> what do you do?
1: And one of the things I heard you say earlier was an integration. Yeah. You know, this is an experience that you're having and that yeah. there's something really important about processing the experience and seeing sort of what you what you need or want to take from it. Yeah. How you grow from it, regardless of what kind of experience it was.
0: Yeah. Even if it was just like, Whoa, I had like loads of magical conversations last night. I felt so confident, I felt so good about myself. Cool. Mm. How can you get more of that without having to take that? Because yeah. I think one of the, you know, positive things about drugs is it can really, you know, break down the doors of perception and like open our mind up to what we can feel as humans and you know experience so if you get a little peek in through that window find out you can get more of that just living your life without having to depend on those things because yeah I think all of those things that drugs can make us feel we can get without doing them as well mm, absolutely um, and that's certainly been my experience the more I've worked on my mental health the more I started to get those feelings of you know real comfort that like gratitude for like being alive or the clear headedness whatever it might be um yeah it's all in there it's all locked mm. away somewhere but it's just yeah kind of hard to get to without the shortcut <laughs> yeah
1: certainly easier with a shortcut I just I find often when we're wrapping up the podcast that the thing that comes to my mind is the nexus between like the individual society culture like how these different pieces come together and there is something so important about drugs the kind of narrative around drugs being bad drugs being illegal but people still using them in the shadows and just how all of that comes together and all the parts of the human experience in society that don't get explored because of drugs being illegal and you know whether it's in terms of therapeutic use or spiritual use Mm. you know things that really get shut out of the human experience or the kind of day-to-day western cultural experience
0: Mm. yeah i hear what you're saying about having that like fixed narrative of like just only looking at it as objectively bad and not having a wider societal curiosity around drugs we're potentially missing out on a lot of stuff because yeah um certainly from you know my personal experience of using psychedelics therapeutically and what i've read there's a real um window of opportunity there that could potentially um give people a lot of really powerful healing and it feels like a shame if as a society we just you know shut down the drawbridge and we say no these things are inherently bad because nothing ever is right it's how we use them in the context in which they're um, being created and used within
1: absolutely it yeah. means that they're bad or they emerge to be okay for a party but then there's something that is deeper that gets seems like it gets lost in the mix there
0: yeah mm. well hopefully we can explore it further in the future on here yeah. that'd be really cool that would be cool cool thank you so much for today guys it's been fun thanks. Yeah. thanks for having
1: me